Welcome to Prime Video's culture-rated collection. This is the place where Black is the main character, where we don't jump through hoops just to hear our voice and can fall in love with illuminating documentaries like Giannis' The Marvelous Journey. I'm just a hard worker that's trying to survive. Enjoy the animated series, The Second Best Hospital in the Galaxy. All doctors report immediately. Where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Welcome home, baby! Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. I want my music to unify people. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop. This is the cleanest police car I've ever been in in my life. And BMF. You're about to take over the whole nation. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Prime Video. Find your happy place. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. When you don't have a clear curriculum for your classroom, it is so overwhelming to try to put that together yourself. Spending hours on Pinterest and Google pulling worksheets and pulling pieces of curriculum together to make something that works for your classroom. That's why we created the Autism Helper Curriculum and now offer Curriculum Access. Curriculum Access gets you access to all levels and all subjects of the highly differentiated evidence-based Autism Helper Curriculum. You can have students working on letter identification and working on parts of speech at the same time in our easy-to-use curriculum. We currently have hundreds of teachers using Curriculum Access from all over the world with consistently rave reviews. I want you to join that group of teachers. Now is the time to ask your administrators for curriculum access. We have an email template ready to go so you can ask them to set up a demo. Your administrators can jump on a live call with our team members to see everything that's included in the Autism Helper curriculum access. Next year, let's reduce the overwhelm. Let's start the year out with a path and a plan and resources to meet all the diverse needs of your students. Let's make next year the year of curriculum access. Head over to the show notes to learn more. Hi, I'm Sasha Long, special ed teacher and board certified behavior analyst. Welcome to the Autism Helper Podcast. I'm here to explore different strategies to improve the lives of individuals with autism. Welcome back to the Autism Helper Podcast. I have a super fun interview to share with you today. Today, I'm chatting with Christina Herrera from the Instagram page Inclusive ABA. She is a school-based BCBA, and we dive into how to not be a basic BCBA. I saw this on her Instagram. I thought this was kind of funny and cute. But we actually talk about a lot of really important topics within our conversation because we really define what's this basic BCBA. Basically, it's outdated practices, practices that don't take into account the learner's true needs, putting client needs first. So we discuss what some of those problems can be and really how to avoid being quote unquote basic. We also discuss a lot about the role of a school-based BCBA and how that could be different than working in that clinic in-home setting and how we can really improve our practice as a clinician. Even if you're not in the ABA world, I think this is really going to apply to educators. On We talk a lot about staff training and ways that we can really approach the unique needs of each of our learners. So there's going to be lots of great takeaways. So let's go ahead and hear from Christina. 
Hi, Christina. Thanks so much for joining me. Thank you for inviting me to come on. Well, I'm pretty excited about this conversation because I was following Christina on Instagram and I saw she had this post that was how not to be a basic BCBA. And I was like, I think our whole interview should just be about that. (laughs) Yeah. And when you had approached me about it, I think that I had a full circle moment of um, a full disclosure. I have ADHD and I think it was a very ADHD moment of like, I just say things and I'm like, Oh, I'll figure it out along the way. Um, so I was like, oh yeah, uh, I guess I, I guess we could talk about that. <laughs> I did write that. <laughs> well, I, you know, I always like, you know, as a behavior analyst, really kind of reflecting on where I've come in my own practice. I mean, I'm sure maybe you're similar. Like I look back at things I used to do and cringe and I think, but I'm like, okay, it's good that I am learning though. The cringe means that I've, I've made progress. And, and I think not everyone cringes at things that they used to do. So I always like pat myself on the back then that like, this is progress. This is good. A, a thousand percent. And, and I think that that post was really um, a, a reflection of, of my basicness. If I could um, uh, speak plainly about it, <laughs> it was like, how do I not be a basic BCBA? And, um, and what does that mean? And I think that you like nailed it on the head that it is like looking back at like, I don't want to do that anymore. Um, And if I'm still doing that, I think I'm perpetuating the basicness of it. Yeah, exactly. And so what, what is this like quote unquote basic BCBA or, or not to just keep saying the word basic, but what, (laughs) what are those old school practices? What are those old school ideologies that we do unfortunately still see at play? So I, I was thinking a lot about this too. Um, and I think that like, if, if I, if I evaluate some of like these like quote unquote, like outdated practices that, um, that I don't necessarily think that it's outdated. It's more about, I think it's like ever evolving of like, am I individualizing it to that learner? Is that an mm-hmm. effective tool for that learner? Am I just coming, if I'm being basic, I would say, then I'm just coming in and giving like all in the kitchen sink type of vibes of just do this, this, and this. Let me throw everything at you, see what sticks instead of truly doing like a thorough assessment, um, really evaluating every little move that that person does to see if this is effective or not. Um, I was also thinking too, that it's kind of, um, most people would say like, oh, well, it's just like, incorrect implementation of the science. But I think that my rebuttal to that is, but we're seeing that perpetuated constantly within the field. So I can't get upset with other BCBAs or clinicians, practitioners, when they're doing things that have been taught to them and they know they don't know any difference. Right. Um, so it's kind of like, is this just kind of, I mean, yeah, we can say, till we're blue in the face that it's incorrect implementation, but it doesn't stop the fact that it's being done. So I think it's really kind of evaluating that it's like, how are we really stopping it um, and, and truly progressing our practice? And how is that trickling down to um, just the various people that we come into contact with to really kind of show that this science is, is it's a science, therefore it's progressive. 
Yeah. And that's such a good point too, that we want this to trickle down to everyone we interact with. And, you know, I know you work in the schools and I always consider myself like a teacher first and a BCBA second, but Mm -hmm. when BCBAs are in schools, you're kind of like this unicorn. So everyone's like learning about ABA from you. And if you're perpetuating stereotypes that may or may not be true, then now you've taught this whole school community that like, oh, BCBAs do this, or, you know, I'm sure you've come into contact with those ideas and then it's like oh who, who told you that let me go find them and talk to them about this because we're really kind of spreading this you know knowledge or lack of knowledge then about what ABA is that I, I have talked to um, you know psychologists and teachers uh, myself and said yeah like don't do what I did four years ago please <laughs> um, <laughs> so it's calling myself out first and foremost um, it most definitely because it is um, very much knowing that uh, I'm evolving every year and, um, and yeah, and I don't want to set the tone of like, of what that is ABA. Cause that's just not true. It's, it, and I, I think they go back to like, well, it's a science, therefore mm-hmm. it's, it's going to change and evolve. Yeah. That's a good thing to share with people too, that like we're continuing to learn and it's like, you, you know, better, you do better. Right. There, there it is right there. Of just uh, owning your own mistakes and things that, um, you know, you've done in the past that maybe you're not too really happy with, or I, you know, I have a a friend of mine who says like, "Eh, that's not my best work. You know, I need to be better. Mm -hmm. And I've kind of been adopting that too of like, it's not my best work. Like I, I can, I need to be better than that, you know? And I think as scenarios and, you know, I I really think scenarios, not necessarily children are getting more challenging, but the situations that we're putting our students in are getting more and more challenging. We're understaffed, we're under-resourced, we're going to put them in masks, we're going to put them virtual, we're going to switch their schedules. Like these situations our kids are facing are more and more challenging. So it kind of makes sense that sometimes we, you know, are a fish out of water and we don't know what to do because we haven't had that learning history yet as our, as our students and teachers are faced with more and more challenging situations. I feel like you just had, I just got an aha moment from you right now, Sasha, where I'm like, you're right. It's not the kids. Yeah. It's the, it's the environment. You're totally right. And, and I'll, and I'll say that too, like as a BCBA, what are we, what are we supposed to look at first? <laughs> yeah. The environment. And that's almost like what I always like skip sometimes if I'm okay. Cause we're calling, I'm calling myself out in my basicness. Um, but I, I think that that's a perfect um, moment right there where it's like, it's the scenarios. It truly is. And, and I will say, I feel like in the schools, um, it is like, I, I feel like I'm wearing many hats, but because I'm consulting so much with a variety of providers, a variety of teachers, some teachers who have had one year of experience, other teachers who have been teaching for 20 years and they've never seen this before, um, mentality. And so from, you know, um, very knowledgeable individuals and it is like every year a different scenario comes up, um, different needs, you know, so it is adjusting to those needs at that time. And, and I feel like that's how I've been able to evolve my practice as well. Yeah, looking at that, that big picture. And mm-hmm. you kind of started mm-hmm. answering this question by talking about, you know, really looking at the individual needs and not throwing the kitchen sink at, at every issue and like, this is just what we do. So how can kind of that, why is that approach important? And, and how does that approach of like really looking at the individual and not just having this like playbook that you throw at them, how does that help you avoid being this like quote unquote basic BCBA? 
I think I really have learned and I think that, you know, I think our field talks about it a lot, but I don't think that we necessarily put it into practice is the importance of assessment. And I think that when I, I work really closely with the school psychologist and they've really taught me the importance of assessment. And so, um, and again, I think that um, we can say till we're blue in the face that yes, of course you need a, an appropriate, like a thorough functional behavior assessment, um, you know, when you're looking at what a what a student likes, what they don't like, what a preference assessment looks like, but yet we don't do it. Mm-hmm. And so I've really been taking a step back of like truly thoroughly thoroughly assessing what those needs are and what can be effective and not effective and taking my time with assessment. And so and it could be something I don't necessarily, you know, when you're looking at, a, a, it could be a functional behavior assessment. It could be behavioral observations of really like truly assessing um, the environment, how many students are in the class, who that student gets along with, doesn't get along with, um, the interactions with practitioners, teachers, et cetera. So I've really been trying to take my time and and perfect the assessment component to it. So that's like step one. Yeah, and then that's going, so key. And then, and then going from there, you know, we always know that we need to develop um, a plan and I'm getting, I'm getting better at truly taking a plan of, you know, I, I, I had mentioned in you know, previous posts too, um, that like a plan isn't like a box to check. It really goes back to like, this is your recipe. And even in a recipe, it's okay to like take things and add things out of what's working and what's not working and the importance of a plan. Sometimes I think that given needs of, we're humans. So it's like, I, I, can't, I wouldn't expect staff to be like, follow this plan to the T because I don't think that that's realistic. Mm-hmm. It's really like, do you understand the plan? Do you see some of the rationale behind it? Um, and really kind of understanding within a plan that it there truly is like a dance that you're doing with a student. And we talk a lot about this in the field too, is that you're dancing with clients, students, learners, right? And so I think that I'm trying to also address being a basic BCBA is really thinking that it's all black and white. And I'm really embracing gray and color of like, no, but I'm dancing. I'm shaping Mm -hmm. and dancing with my students that I'm working with. I'm shaping and dancing with the staff. Um, And so I'm really trying to I've never been like a black and white person. That's just not my personality. I'm not type A. I'm very much type B. It's just part of my ADHD. Like (laughs) I just go with it. Um, So I feel like it's been, so I very much have pushed back against like the black and white thinking. Um, It's gotten me in trouble a few times. I'm not going to (laughs) lie. And so I think that um, my behavior has also kind of uh, evolved, I've learned from reinforcement and punishment, um, what I need to be black and white about, and what I can be gray about. But when it comes to behavior and understanding plans, um, I'm very much, uh, we, we can still, we can still follow this. However, I'm, I'm not expecting you, um, nor do I think it's feasible to like follow this moment to the T. It's a recipe. Sometimes I add a little bit more salt because I'm feeling that I want a little bit more salt in this. And sometimes I'm going to add a little bit more sugar. Um, and, and I, and I don't think that that's bad. I think that like humans are not robots and we need to, we need to be embracing that with our learners. 
This is the place where Black is the main character, where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop and BMF. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I love this so much. And I think this is really, really great advice for staff training. And I hope everyone that like has heroes in their room that they're like feeling overwhelmed with should like really hear this, that like you can't implement that plan 100% of the time. Like how could you possibly expect someone else to? And like, and that that's okay on that staff training. Yes. I like what you said. Like, do you get the rationale? Good. Like that's the goal. And yes. like, if you're at the school assembly or you know, the fire alarm goes off and there's all these other things that happen in the environment that are outside of our control, we're going to have to change that plan. Of course, you know? Yes. Yes. There it is. And, 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 and I think that maybe past practitioners would get upset with, I mean, I've worked with staff that are like, I'm sorry, I forgot to track that. And I'm like, it's all right. I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to yell at you. Like, yeah. it's cool. Things yeah. happen. And, um, and so it's like, it's just, we see it, we're, we're going to do better next time. Or we're going to try and front load ourselves before we go out to the school assembly that I need to take my data collection sheet. Like it's not the end of the world. Yeah. And so I, I think that, and I have worked with, you know, uh, past when I was um, not a BCBA working with past BCBs where they were like, well, you didn't track it. So therefore it didn't happen. It's like, okay, <laughs> I get that. But like, you don't need to come down on me as I'm like, dealing with a, a pretty escalated behavior right now. Like, and, and that also is kind of this, um, I, I think sometimes I get in trouble for this too, is just this like perseveration on data. I, I'm, I'm a BCBA. Of course, I understand the importance of data. Like I'm, I'm not refuting that. It's that I think that sometimes it has gone like way, like veered off to this other level that it's like, you can't even, like how are people supposed to be present and in the moment that when mm -hmm. we're working with like small people, you know, small children, um, uh, adults, like we need to be present and actively in the moment. Yeah. And so, so I think that that's also a component to it too. Like, what are you, what hill are you trying to die on right now? Yes. And, 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 and if it's the data hill, um, I mean, there's a difference between like, I have zero data. Okay. Yeah. And you're telling me behaviors are happening excessively. Okay. Well, that's different. We can have a different conversation, but it's like, I, I don't know. It's just, it's just kind of, it's, it's, it's excessive to me. You know what I mean? I, I like, like agree so much. And I really hate the phrase like data or it didn't happen. Like, no, but it did, but it, but did. it did. Like I saw it yeah. with my eyes. Like yeah. that's, you know, like, and, yes. and I, and do you think that's because you come from a school-based background and like, that's where you're working. Do you think that impacts your opinion on data? Everything. Yeah. I worked in home for a long time. Um, uh, and, and I, and I feel like I quickly discovered that I'm truly just not meant for the in-home clinic world just because of my thinking, the things that come out of my mouth, um, the pushback that I give. Um, 
and I'm not saying that I'm, I'm well, I, I am very well behaved in the schools, but <laughs> I do think that in the schools I saw, um, that there was opportunity for like growth and, and there was a culture coming from it. And you were, um, truly working with so many other practitioners that were like, I don't agree with you. And yeah. so I really loved that aspect of like, Oh, you don't. Okay. Well, let's talk about it. Um, and then like really learning from other fields of like the importance of what um, a speech and language pathologist is going to bring to this table. I've been working with a lot of mental health counselors and like learning so much from them um, and incorporating it in my plans as well. Like I put growth mindset into a behavior intervention plan. And yes. I think that like in the in-home world, may, or maybe not, I don't know. I think maybe a lot of ABAers would be like, why'd you put that? What does that yeah. mean? Can you operationally define that? And I just roll my eyes at that type of thinking, you know? Yeah. And so it's, and I, and I do think that at the end of the day, like, but that is what this learner needs. They, they're mm -hmm. having a fixed mindset and they're shutting down. So how do we help practice and work on a growth mindset? And I think that ABA behavior analysts very much can have a seat at that table to talk about that and how to address that. And, and I like, sorry, now I'm gonna start going on tangents. Cause now I'm in a flow state, Sasha. Now I'm feeling really no, I love that. I'm this, like, so. yes, I, I'm like over here <laughs> nodding. I'm like, yeah, yeah. We need to see the table. Like. <laughs> um, but I was, I was also going to say too, that, you know, just kind of, I think that a criticism of the field that is like very, very valid is just this like over-dependence. We hear it all the time. I don't think that external rewards and reinforcers are a bad thing, but I don't want to continually be associated with like, oh, we're like the external reinforcer people. Yeah. And I, and I, th and I think that like, I think I could say, well, it's, yeah, most definitely because it's been improper implementation of what reinforcement is and all that stuff. But then I would go back to my previous argument, but that doesn't mean it's not happening. Mm -hmm. So it's really going to, like, I've been working with staff of kind of like, well, um, you know, well then what's the reinforcer? And it's like, well, the reinforcers, they get to like walk away from the table. Like that's yeah. okay. They yeah. don't want to do it. That's how we're going to reinforce it. And so it's like, and the reinforcer is like that moment of like, dude, you, you were practicing your growth mindset statements and you just did it. How does that make you feel? I, mm -hmm. I feel okay. That's reinforcing. Yeah. Then I want you to do it again. And so I think it's really like being, in that state of learning that component to it, like that, I think that BCBAs get uncomfortable because they don't know how to do that. And, and I think that you're going to stay basic if you stay away from it versus if you learn to get uncomfortable because you're learning things, you know, they always say that when you're learning, that's when you get uncomfortable. That's how you're going to be away, stay away from the basicness. Yes. Oh my gosh. And I think we learn when we collaborate and are on teams yes. and are told we're wrong. And I think yes. as like a really broad overgeneralization of our field, I think we don't like being wrong, which no, no. one does, but like BCBAs <laughs> especially don't like being wrong. Cause it's like, Nope, I have the data. I have the plan. It's my thing. And like, it like kills me. Cause when we do that and I used to teach practicum students in grad school and I loved doing that. And I would like remind them all the time, like, Hey, those people you're sitting at the table with the OT, the SLP, the school psych, they all have just as much student loans as you do. They went to just mm -hmm. as much school as you did. Like we can't, like when we do that and when we say this is the behavior plan, no matter what and shut them down, they don't want to collaborate with us. Mm -hmm. They're not going to mm -hmm. buy into our plans. 
But then as like you're kind of saying, which is true, like now we're losing the opportunity to learn from them and mm -hmm. learn these new strategies that we could put in our practice too. Almost definitely. And there's plenty of like SLPs and OTs that I follow that I don't agree with um, or that, you know, talk a little smack on the field and it hurts, it burns. Um, but I still listen because I'm mm -hmm. like, well, you are saying that for a reason or you feel that way for a reason. So I need to listen and be open ears to it. Um, that doesn't mean that I, I haven't unfollowed a few of them. Yeah. I have because I'm like, yeah. all right, well, I, I tried. I just, yeah. we just, we're, we're, we're not going to be friends in real life and that's okay. <laughs> um, and there, and I think that it's really, I think that what no one really talks about in our field is the, the importance of developing relationships. And I think that it is so key to being successful. And in fact, I was listening to another podcast. Um, uh, Dr. Polly talks all the time about it because he's a big guy in the schools. Um, and he had mentioned that like, um, or one of his, one of his people on this podcast I'm totally messing up this name I apologize but he had said that when they work in the schools like he was like well I know everyone's I know all the teachers that I work with I know their dogs names and I just thought that was so good because yeah. it is true like it's that is the key to working with other individuals of like getting to know them and like we don't have to be best friends but like getting to know them and who they are because at the end of the day, behavior is very, very stressful. And yeah. and this is com right coming from a behavior analyst. I say all the time, like, you know, we can say that this isn't fun. <laughs> yeah. we, we're allowed to say that. Like, this isn't fun to be in this moment, um, to um, to see um, this person experiencing um, this moment right now. It's not fun for them either. And so I think that when we validate a lot of our teachers' emotions, the other practitioners that we're working with, we do develop those relationships. And I think that it's interesting too that you noted that you mentioned that like BCBAs have always kind of been known or the ABAers have always kind of been known as like the difficult ones. And yeah, I just always. don't know where that started. It's we so We don't play well in the sandbox. We just don't. Right. Yeah. And, and, and like, I just look back at like, where did that start? And like, who continued to perpetuate I that? Know. And it's just so frustrating, you know? Like no because... one's mad at the OT. Like the OT never shows up and people are like, oh, the OT is here. But like people sometimes are with the BCBA. Like I'm like, come on. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's And so I think that now if you go back to like what's a basic BCBA, it is that person who's yeah. just very difficult, doesn't, you know, play well with others um, and like can't collaborate. And so I think that it, it makes it harder for you know, um, the, the BCBAs that have embraced their past basicness and are trying to move on in their practice, um, for that to still happen because it's like, I'm trying to like make this feel better and yeah. like you're perpetuating the stereotype, you know? Yeah. So, so I think that that's definitely a component to it too. And so I think that in the schools, like when I started working in the schools, it was just my niche. I just, I just loved it because of the variety of people I got to work with um, doesn't mean it's not difficult. It is. It very. It is a very difficult um, environment to work in. Um, but I also think you don't get into ABA for easy work. You know. You know it's yeah. hard getting into it. Um, but I. I feel sometimes a lot for 
the in-home and clinic world because I just don't think that they get those opportunities. So it goes yeah. back to that component too, right? Like yeah. sometimes I'm like, it's not, it's not your fault that you're That's low-key true. kind of basic right now. Yeah. Because, well, <laughs> because and you know, you I, I, I have very about. limited experience in the in-home and clinic world. Like I've always been in schools and I've always been in, in public schools that, you know, are historically mm-hmm. underfunded, understaffed. So it kind of forced me to always be super creative. Like, mm-hmm. yes, in theory, I would take data every day, but like no way in hell is that happening. So what could I do instead? Or like in theory, this would be great, but what could I do instead? So it like, it does force you to become really creative. And yeah, like if you're in a setting, like, you know, a really lovely, amazing clinic that I would probably love to work in that has all of these staff, all all the staff, all these resources, and you don't, you just don't have to be as creative because you can think data or it didn't happen. You can be like, well, we'll just have an extra staff person there in case when like, you know, in schools, they like laugh at you at that. So you just don't have that learning history yet. And you have to go like, get it on your own, basically. Yes. Good point. Good point. But then I also think that like in clinics and in homes, like I'm just wondering, and so much in homes, because you can kind of just pull from like what that learner's like natural environment is when they're in their house and make these really cool opportunities happen. But like in the clinic, I'm, I'm, and I've never worked in a clinic. So I'm, I'm speaking in I don't knows um (laughs) but it's just kind of I'm looking at like are are you just like are you just like trying to like program all day but then you know what I mean like like how are we like providing opportunities for like play and like leisure but then just as many fingers are pointed back in the education system where they would say well how are you doing that and I'm like well good point because yeah it's, it's there's just as many barriers within the education system you know so yeah it's also that component to it too. So I understand. And like finding Um, that balance between the two, mm -hmm. like, yes, we're here to learn. And like, and in the real world, the school day, the work day, a workplace is super structured. And there is a lot Mm -hmm. of like rules Mm -hmm. and authority in this. So like you have, I mean, that's part of life is learning how Mm -hmm. to conform to that, but also Mm -hmm. teaching then the nuance to that, which is hard. Yes, most definitely. Yes, that's so true. Um, So yes, it's, it's kind of just been like a, just like some barriers that I've just noticed within myself and how I can, um, be better. And also I I think that, um, I, I really want more than anything when I'm working with, you know, the staff, I just want to like inspire them. I want to inspire them to like be amazing and to keep trying. And, but, and I say that in a way, like I want to stress the importance of like how many teachers I continue to learn from like every year working with different teachers. I'm like, Oh my God, you've just taught me so much. (laughs) I just can't like begin to like, thank you. And I think that if you go back to like the basicness, I don't think a basic BCBA would say that I would, I think they come in with the mentality of like, look how much I've taught you. Look how much I've changed your life. And I hate that. Like I, I really cannot stand that. And really going to as well. Like I'm working with some RBTs right now that I'm like, oh my God, you're, you're like amazing. You're so much better than me. How do I get to be you? And I don't think that a basic BCBA would say that, you know? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
And when you thought, think about rapport building, oh my gosh, like if you're giving someone, you know, that type of compliment and like really verbalizing, like I've learned from you and this is what I've learned and thank you. Like you're just strengthening that relationship and that rapport with that, you know, educator or RBT, whoever in such a huge way. Like talk about how great your working relationship is going to be after that. Exactly. But also I would ask the question too, like, where did that come from? Where did that come from where like, a BCBA couldn't give, I mean, sure, they're going to give you a compliment. They're going to say great work of all the programs that I put in mentality. <laughs> but like, where, where did it come from that you can't tell an RBT or like an, a teacher, like, wow, you're like amazing. Um, like, what should I do? Like, I, I think that that also, is, it, it, I think that it's been just conditioned within our field that like you need to have all the answers um, when it comes to behavior because you're the expert and there have been I mean and when you work in a classroom this is not your domain this is the teacher's domain when you work in a home it's the same right like this is not your house it's their house and so I think it's okay to say like hey so-and-so asked me this I just want to make sure it's it's cool with you and then I've had teachers say, no, I don't want to do that because yeah. I feel like I'm going to reinforce it. And I say, yeah, I get that. However, um, mm-hmm. this could get really, really bad. And so let's talk about it. Do we want to reinforce it? X, Y, and Z could happen. Um, and then if we don't, we might have a, a, a larger problem. So is it, you know, is, and then I go back to, is this the hill we want to die on real quick? And yeah. so we can talk it through, but always like obtaining their permission because it's their classroom. And and I, I think and I don't, really good advice. Like, no, I think that's really good advice to like remind everyone of like that, whatever consulting role you're in, whether, you know, whatever clinician you are, even administrators, but like that teacher or that parent is like the expert at what's going on between 830 and 330 in that room. Like you aren't, if you're not there all day. So like whatever role you're in to kind of default to them, like, Hey, like I'm not here at pickup. Like what, what, what is going on here? Like, you know, what happens after they've been in the classroom four hours? Are they just done with life? Like, so defaulting to that person who who knows better well and I think that that's been it's been nice to kind of see the field also evolve if you're talking more of like the private in-home clinic world as they're kind of switching from like quote-unquote parent training to like parent education parent Mm -hmm. support parent collaboration because it is this idea of like I'm not going to train you on like things that you you know your kid better than anybody in this entire world you know so like we can collaborate, we can provide support. Let me give you some education on like ABA. Um, But I, and I'm really trying to also take that mindset into like really kind of switching up from like staff training. Um, I'm working with staff constantly and we have like monthly meetings and we call it workshop. Like let's workshop it. We're going to do this at workshop. We're going to cover this because I've worked with, um, some of the paras and the teachers have have been doing this for a very long time who, you know, um, have been longer than like been in programs longer than principals, you know? And yeah. so it's like coming in this one with this mentality of like training, I think it sets up this different expectation of like, I'm going to talk at you instead of with you. Whereas if we workshop collaboration, our monthly meeting, now we're truly like working with each other. And, um, and I've just, I've gotten better responses, more teamwork with that approach than the other way. I've tried the other way when I, you know, yeah. part of my basic moments. Yeah, <laughs> that's great to- advice. I know I, you know, I have like a, I go back and forth a lot on the word training because, you know, when I'm talking to teachers, everyone knows what staff training means, but I'm like, oh, but mm-hmm. I like hate the word train. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. like 
yeah, so it's hard. And I hate it with parents. I totally agree. It's like so demeaning. <laughs> like, oh yeah, let me train you on how to how to, you know, hang hang out with your kid. Um, and yes, they want support and education and all that, but like the word training, it just has like such a negative connotation. It, it's so true, but you're right with the staff component to it too, because it's like, well, I, I might get like a bigger draw. Yeah. Um, so it's like what I've done too in the past is like, that's like my attention grabber. And then as I'm talking, I'm like, Hey, by the way, can we like not call it training? <laughs> yeah. What's like Anyways, the word that we all yeah. love? <laughs> no, I think that's yeah. great. Oh, <laughs> that, that ACT moment of like, what pulls us towards it and what pulls us away from it, you yeah. know? So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I think, you know, I, I've talked about this a lot with teachers that have paras who are one-on-one paras that like you're not the expert of that kid right now because you're not with him every single minute in the trenches. Like if you've got mm-hmm. 10 kids and you've got mm-hmm. a few with one-on-one paras, like that's their mom or the, while they're at school. Mm-hmm. So like they need mm-hmm. so much buy-in on this plan. Like they should be sitting there with you analyzing data, writing the plan because they're the one that's going to do it. And if they think it's, mm-hmm. you know, yes, it's not going to happen. Oh, that's so true too. I know. I I think that's, so if I talked about my own basicness, that's something I need to get better at, to be honest, is that it's like really involving um, the pairs in the process of like, what do you think? I've gotten on a few cases, I I have definitely gotten them involved of like, this is where we're thinking of going with it. I want your feedback. Um, I think it's definitely a barrier overall because it's like, staff turnover is just like yeah wild times right now I know it is wild um, times literally just, <laughs> it, it, and and I think that like you know I've always had the mentality of like when we work with staff like dude this is like the best spot to be if you don't want to be here and you're gonna give like subpar work like it's I'd rather have like four efficient like just amazing paras and teachers like you know so we run really really well versus like 10 and like five or like kind of half-assing it yeah um, I just don't know if that statement would hold true anymore no. right now because <laughs> I know because it's we so just need real. bodies we just need but I was joking at like uh, a training earlier this month that like I was like if your parents uh used to work at Target a week ago because your principal just walked around Target offering jobs like yeah it's gonna be a little <laughs> different because I think I mean I used to talk Straight about up how understaffed schools are and it were like five years ago. And I'm like, that's hilarious that I said that. Cause it's hilarious. I mean, it's yeah. a whole different world, right? It's now. on another, it's a whole different world. And really it's like this mentality of, of, you know, staff coming in like, well, then you can fire me and good luck. And, yeah. and I think that like low, key, low key, like admin are like, I don't want to fire you though. Cause yeah. I need you, you know? Yeah. And, but, but also then I think, I think what my non-negotiable where I draw the line is, but if you're not maintaining dignity for our students, mm-hmm. if you're, if, if any way, like not maintaining dignity, um, not being receptive to things that like are truly helping this individual, then I don't need you, you know, yeah. that, that this room then it comes to you. like doing harm basically. Straight up, straight yeah. up. I told, yes, that's exactly what it is. So it's like, no, I'll come here every single day. Like I, I don't care. Yeah. Um, and, and unfortunately we have gotten that like in the schools, you know, so it's, it, it is definitely that, like, that's our hard and fast line. Um, but I, I do want to be better about really involving, um, just the paras within this component to it too, of like, let's walk through it together. How can I help support you? What I've talked to paras too, of like, what do you guys do normally? Cause I don't want to, I don't want to reinforce something that I'm not supposed to, you know? Yeah. And then we have these like little quiet side conversations or like eye gaze moments where we look at each other and it's like, okay, cool. Um, 
And so it's just, it's just been like, that has been something that, you know, has been great to like be part of because it truly is. Um, and I always say this all the time too, like, I don't care how many titles you have. Um, what's the work that you're doing? Um, that, that means everything more. So I think that, um, also like a BC, BCBA cares about titles and like their status and where they're coming in is yes, yes. And, and I, and I think that I've always had the mindset of like, you should be able to like get down and dirty, wear your tennis shoes and like do the work, no problem. Um, and still like, um, be able to show it. Um, I don't, I think that, I think the field is changing a lot. Like what is, what are behavior analysts doing? What is that looking like? Um, so maybe that conversation, maybe that statement doesn't hold the same weight that it used to. I don't know. I think I'm kind of in like a, a weird place with that too as well. Well, I think the that, yeah, I think it is, I, I, and I, I think I see that changing too. And I think as, as you know, and maybe that's like a weird silver lining of being short staffed everywhere is like, sometimes you do got to fill in and just like, yeah. and do toileting or work, you know, do, uh, you do admin work or whatever you have to do. Cause everyone's just like trying to get it done. So, and maybe that's kind of pushed everyone to, to take different roles, but I, I agree. I've always really, really pushed that as well. That like your staff and your team needs to see you in all the positions. Like if you're not willing mm-hmm. to do that, like, then why would they be able to, and like, have it be fair that like the really not fun parts are really hard parts that it's not just on one person. And I know that happened. That's probably happening more than ever with the ranges of experience level with paras right now that like we have people that are just amazing humans that have been in this field forever that love it, that get it, that like don't mm-hmm. need it. They could train everyone. Mm-hmm. And then you have mm-hmm. people that worked at target last week and it's like, well, yeah, that amazing person is going to get the really challenging kid or the kid that has the real, you know, high needs parent. And like, they're going to mm-hmm. be almost punished for their great work ethic. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and that's, and that's for sure happening. And, and it's hard to avoid that, but, you, you have to also then pair that with a lot of acknowledgement and, and, you know, appreciation is not even the right word, like more extreme than that. And really making sure that it's, that they're okay too with that. Oh, most definitely. And, and I, and also too, I, but I, I really have been thinking like, I think in the schools, like the, the role of the behavior analyst is very much like you are going to be working on like teaching concepts, um, modeling um, certain strategies to staff, being in the trenches when need to, going to these high profile meetings also because you just did functional behavior assessments, um, collaborating with teams. I don't know if like the field, like outside of the school is really kind of doing that just based off like just their role kind of thing. Like, you know, whether they're in home or clinic um telehealth kind of took um the the field in like a, a weird direction which is also something that I'm asking myself like am I just being stubborn that I don't want to do telehealth because it's just not the type of like learner that I am I, I don't know that's like a whole other like realm to me um so that I'm also questioning like am I being basic because I don't want to learn that I don't know <laughs> <laughs> and are we done with it is it coming back like yeah, where are we with it yeah I, <laughs> But then seeing like other, like how people can just straight up be like a telehealth BCBA. So I'm posing this question too of like, is that, is that progress or are you reaching more people or are you, is that like basicness? I I don't know. That's kind of like my question of the day. I'm not sure on that one. Um, I think, I guess it's like based off of how people teach and how they learn and how they can explain themselves. Um, It's just never been the type of 
like learner I am. I've always been kind of like a, oh, let me read it. Okay, let me practice it 10 times and make and do it very incorrectly the first five. And then the <laughs> last five, I'll, I'm, I'm going to get better and better at, you know? Um, so I, I don't know on that, on that concept too. Um, but, but I guess I, like what you're saying, it does kind of tie back to what you said at, at even the start of our conversation is looking at that individual person. And if yeah. that's really what they need and what would work well for them. And, you know, if there's issues with commuting or COVID or whatever, that like respecting that and acknowledging yeah. that that's like the most accessible option for them that works well for them. That would be part of that process then of like acknowledging their needs and identifying what they need at that time. So then it would answer the ultimate question though, that it always comes back to the learner and the family and their needs. And I think that what I am kind of seeing is, is that a lot of practitioners are like, well, that doesn't work for me. Mm -hmm. And as then if you're talking about like burnout and like what, like a company that will work for you and blah, blah, blah. I mean, I get all that, but, but I think I saw like one post. It's like, I went into this field because of flexibility. Okay. I get that. Um, but like, also I hope you went into this field to like help individuals. I, I don't know. Like, yeah, and I know that what their, what their, what their message, what they're trying to say is, um, but I think that it's like, no, but like, what's really, what is meaningful for like your community, the learners you're, you're working with, like it should go back about them and not you. And so are you continuing to perpetuate the basicness um, by making it about you? Then, I, then that's when I would still go back to like. It, then I would say maybe that's like an outdated practice, or just not that truly is like not correct. Like we shouldn't be doing that type of thing, you know? Yeah. Well, look at us. We brought it full circle here. I mean, there it is. Um, unplanned. <laughs> oh my gosh. I feel like I chat about all this forever and we've gone on a lot of tangents that I've enjoyed. Um, well, thank you so much. Um, where can people go to learn more from you? Oh, okay. Okay. Like I, full disclosure, I'm not a poster. Okay. I do more. I'm more of a stories cause I'm just not a content creator and all that stuff. <laughs> However, um, I am trying to be better about this. Um, my Instagram name is at inclusive underscore ABA underscore. Um, so you're not going to see like a post per week people. Okay. It's just not my vibe. Um, I'll, I'll, I, I am a story person though. I like to, cause I like to say I don't have an original thought. So I like other people's thoughts. Um, so, so that's where you can find me. Um, I really enjoy interacting with people, um, you know, as much as possible, but just wanted to put that, uh, front load you all now. I'm not that's a big a disclaimer. original thought. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, thank you so much, Christina. I have really enjoyed chatting with you and, and discussing all of these great things. So thanks so much for joining me. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to the Autism Helper podcast. If you liked what you heard and want to hear more, hit subscribe. It would mean a lot to me if you left some feedback. Whether I'm working one-on-one -on -one with a student, doing a podcast like this one, or presenting for a PD, my goal is always to provide as much value as I can. So your feedback really helps me make sure I'm doing just that. If you have other topics you'd like me to cover, leave in the feedback or message me on social media. You can follow me at The Autism Helper on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Pinterest. Or visit my website, theautismhelper.com. Thanks again for listening.
is the place where Black is the main character, where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop and BMF. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. Having the right resources for your classroom is essential to making sure your classroom is running smoothly. At the Autism Helper Shop, we have all of the resources you need to make sure you have the behavior, communication, and curriculum supports for your students. Within our shop, we have adapted books, task cards, resources aligned to the VB map and the ABLES, behavior plan flowcharts, data sheets, curriculum, Everything you need, whether you are an early childhood teacher or a high school teacher, we have all of the resources that will meet those students' needs. So head over to shop.theautismhelper.com to check out all of our resources.